Welcome to the Resentment-Free Relationships Podcast. I'm Becky Smith, your certified life coach, here to help you go from exhausted and resentful to feeling connected and confident in your relationships. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This week I have on Sabrina DeYoung. She has been a regular guest and today we are going to talk about a book that I really liked. The book is a compilation of some essays. The name of the book is Both Things Are True by Kate Holbrook. There is one in particular that I really wanted to talk about. And so that's why I asked Sabrina to come on. Sabrina, you've introduced yourself before, but if you want to just give those listeners a a refresh and tell them a little bit about you. Yeah, sure. So I'm a podcaster. I've got the Perspective Detective podcast, which is my original. And then I just started becoming spiritually minded. I just love talking about ways that we can improve our life and heal our minds and really all of that to grow closer to the Lord and to help in our relationships. And I also loved this book, Both Things Are True, because I just feel like that's always in our lives, right? There's always something that we feel torn between. And I think when we can settle with like, what if both things are true? Then I think that helps so much in our life. And I, I just love this book and I'm excited for this book club discussion. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is really. Is a book club discussion. That's a good way to say it. So the essay that I wanted to talk about today is called Housework is a Crucible of Discipleship. In a book that's a religious book to have a whole essay dedicated to housework. And she even calls it the doctrine of housework. I think it's really appreciated that being a, a yeah. wife and mother. This was interesting to me. It sparked a lot of thinking and validated me on a lot of levels too. So I don't know, what were your overall thoughts of it before we get into it? I mean, my overall thoughts were that it was both validating and infuriating. Hmm. That was like, that would be my summary (laughs) because there was a lot of things where I'm like, yes, this is true. And it makes me mad. And yes, this is true. And I feel seen. And yes, this is true. And how can I change? And, you know, there was just just so many things. And I'm sure we'll just dig into all of that. But I do love that she says, I hereby propose a theology of housework, theology, meaning a study of religious faith and practice, how housework can be a religious practice, as in something that brings us closer to God. I kind of, I didn't, I don't know if I said this very well in my intro, but like, I just love personal progress and growth because it's things that can bring us closer to God. And so when she says that, I'm like, okay, this is something I want to pay attention to. Yeah. And I have never linked those two in my mind. Like oh, yeah, me either. Work and getting closer to God, right? Yeah. Which yeah. kind of leads us into the first thing that she opens up the essay with, which is talking about in the New Testament. And the way she puts puts it is she talks about a New Testament ghost that haunts us, (laughs) that casts gloom into the hearts of believing women more than any other is how she said it. And that is- just wanted to cry for this this part. Yeah. Martha. Mary and Martha, right? And Martha's the one that gets the bad rap, right? 
because she has invited the savior and probably some other people over to eat. And she's trying to get everything ready and be a good hostess. And her sister isn't helping. And her sister is listening to Jesus. And in the story, Jesus honors that, points that out. I don't know. What's another word you would say? I mean, it just says Jesus's response to Martha's complaint, right? He just, yeah, say, yeah. he just says some, doesn't he just say something like Mary understands what's more important right now? Yeah. Yeah. And so we've kind of taken that and internalized it without even knowing that housework is less than, because he's saying that Mary's doing what really matters. And so on some right. level- we get the subliminal message that actually housework doesn't really matter and what we do and women primarily do. I mean, there's studies shown that even if a woman has a full-time job, she does more of the housework than the man in the marriage. Right. So right, it kind of sets the stage for like intellectuality is more important. Spirituality is more important. Like study is more important. And I mean, that's the way that Kate Holbrook (laughs) takes this. It's set up in one of the oldest books that we know of, right? The New Testament to already make housework and the job that women do as less than and inferiority and the divisions of labor to be really skewed. We just say that's not fair, right? That's like, I do see how that has happened, but that's so taken out of the context. Yeah. Right. That was one instance. One moment. Right. One moment that he's like, well, I think you just relax and yeah. hang out with me instead. You know, yeah. it wasn't like Mary's always doing the more important thing of, yeah. you know, seeking the higher <laughs> value and seeking intellectual and spirituality or something like No, He never said that. It was just like in that one moment, Martha was caught up in actions right in what to do in being busy and I yeah I do think that it's really kind of set the stage for what's more important which is really just putting housework as inferior yeah yeah well it's interesting that she brought out that Jesus himself did did housework I never thought of that before (laughs) she said he took on responsibilities for thinking ahead about meals advising his disciples on where to go and what to do about food, like the final Passover example. He also cooked, preparing fish on the beach for his disciples. Even worrying about the wine at the wedding was a part of worrying about the meal prep, the hosting, the household kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Managing everybody's calendars. Yeah. And then he said that he washed his disciples' feet, which back then was the lowest of low job that a servant would have would be to wash the guest's feet. And so that is also a form of housework. Yeah, which Um, I didn't know was a thing, right? Like, obviously, I knew that he did that. But it was interesting to hear like, no, that's actually a thing that the servants did. Yeah, that that was part of the housework. Because you think about like, makes sense. It was really dusty and they were just wearing sandals. And yeah, yeah, that's interesting that that would be a part of it. 
yeah, it does make sense. I just never like conceptualized it yeah. before. The way but. she put it, like brought it out. And she said, Jesus's act of service shows that no housework, no act of care is beneath God. I really liked that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like, yeah, no act of care. I think that's the point, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's a caring for. Yeah. And the Lord has, he has given us all that we have and has asked us to be wise and caring stewards over the that which we have yeah yeah so she goes on to say what you were saying earlier about the theology of housework right that it's a way to bring us closer to god but she also calls it a crucible which i had to look at the definition a crucible is a container that holds great heat to refine metal housework can cause exploitation and in response resentment which that word jumped out to me right because the name of my podcast is resentment free (laughs) relationships and I can't think of a category of life that brings up more resentment than the division of labor when it comes to taking care of a house and a household and children right yeah 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 (laughs) yeah Yeah. So she's saying that that's a place because it is this crucible, this hot, I don't know how else you would say it, hotbed that we get put in can either kind of send us into resentment and bitterness, or it can refine us and help us to grow depending on, on how we navigate it and handle it. And the way we handle it is very different, at least in my case, from the way my parents handled it. They had very clear gender roles that were passed down to them by the church. And they just abided by that to the T, to the letter. And that worked for them. But in this day and age, it it doesn't, that doesn't work for me. I think it used to be a lot more simple back then. Yeah. I just keep thinking about the refiner's fire and how interesting that concept is, right? When you're putting certain metals through a refiner's fire, what's going to happen? It's going to sift through the, the dross or versus like the pure part mm-hmm. of the metal. But we as humans, we also get put through a crucible or refiner's fire. But the difference between us and an element is we get to choose what's going to happen when we're in that fire. Well, that's very empowering to me because we're humans. We have agency and this is one of those opportunities um, where you're going to be put in the fire. What do you want to do with it? I really like the idea that housework is almost like a lab that we get to choose how we're going to turn out, right? And she says later on here, repeated activity has the most to teach us because we have to face it time and time again. And through the daily nature of housework, we confront our personal thinking errors. I'm going to read that part again. Yeah. We confront our personal thinking errors coming back to this idea of the refiner's fire, right? Like you have this opportunity to do these repeated actions with the housework, things that you're going to do over and over again, and you get to choose what you're going to do with it. And it's always an opportunity to repent, always an opportunity to change, always an opportunity to choose who you want to be in that moment. And it's just, I don't know. I just think it's fascinating that I just have never thought of it as a learning lab. Right. I've always thought of housework as like a necessary evil 
But now that I have like this new perspective of housework as a learning lab, right, because it's repeated action, the repeated action is actually good for us because it offers us an opportunity for personal growth to face our personal thinking errors. Then I'm like, I don't know, I just feel enlightened. And I don't know, a little bit more excited about it. Yeah. And it leans right into the law of creation, right? See, say, feel, do, become, or the self-coaching model where it's circumstance, thought, feeling, action, result. When she says thinking errors, right? We can choose the resentment. Why am I the one always doing the dishes? Why can't these kids take out the garbage, right? Why isn't my husband helping with this? Whatever it is. And we can see looking down the law of creation or down the self-coaching model and see what it is creating for us, right? Where our thinking error is because we have to keep repeating it over again. And we go, do I want to keep feeling resentment? Do I want to keep feeling picked on or, you know, whatever it is. And then we, like you said, we get to choose and we get to decide I have to do the dishes. Do I want to do the dishes resentful or do I want to do them joyously. It's up to me. Yeah. I thought about this with, we have chores for our kids and it's my eight-year-old's turn to do the dishes. And he was just struggling, which is not a surprise, right? He just hates it and is complaining. And some days I'm really nice and helpful. And some days I'm really mad and frustrated. And I just thought of even giving our kids chores and how we're going to follow up with them is also an opportunity, right? This goes under through that same category, right? And he's like, why do I have to do the dishes? Because you're a member of society. But it's like, actually, it's because I get to learn patience. (laughs) Or actually, it's because you get to confront your personal thinking errors. Obviously, I'm not going to say that to him. There's a lot of things that I own, but also all the things that I give my kids falls under all of these principles as well. Yeah, just what you were saying about we have to follow through on them doing it. I'll often say to my kids, do you know how much harder it is for me to get you to do this chore than if I just did it myself? And you're not going to understand until you have kids and you're going to thank me for making you do that chore (laughs) because you're going to realize that if it takes a lot more for me to go and get them from upstairs and say, get off your video game and come downstairs and go take out the garbage and go unload the dishwasher or set up the system so that the Wi-Fi doesn't come on until they do that or whatever it is that takes mm-hmm. effort. That's also definitely very much a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I just never considered that me having my kids do chores is not just to teach them to do chores, but it's also for me to learn so many lessons, right? To learn to patience, to learn to let go, to learn to teach somebody else how to do something. So many lessons that that me giving them chores is actually for my own benefit and not just for theirs yeah. because it's hard. <laughs> Good point. Well, and she even talks about guilt and how we have guilt about not doing like enough housework or not doing it perfectly What do most people do when someone comes over at our house? Oh, don't look. It's such a mess because we feel like that's a reflection. And, oh, I was so guilty of this as a young mother. I really felt like my house represented me because I was a stay-at-home mom. That was my thinking error. I really had to confront that and depart from that. And I think I've gone a little too far the other way where like maybe the dirt doesn't bother me at all. At all. <laughs> Isn't that so interesting you know? that we think a cle- like 
that it's a reflection of you, right? And then it's like, but then what does that even mean? Right. Right. That I'm it just means you had time to clean. Right. But I make it mean I'm not good enough. So interesting. That's some of my thinking errors. I wanted to ask you, so there's this part that she says, one of the main reasons I don't like cleaning, and she specifically says the church, but it can be anything, is that I can't do it to perfection, which mm-hmm. teaches me about other areas of my life. And I thought about you because I know you've talked a lot about perfectionism. And I don't know, maybe this goes with this idea of making your house being clean mean something about you. But did you feel that as well? Yeah. Back then when I had little kids, Mm -hmm. I definitely did. My son would just complain because even just mopping the floor, like I mopped the floor every day and mopping the floor, I would make him dry it. Then I go back and mop it again because it wasn't good enough. And he Mm -hmm. had to come and dry it again. He'd always be like, and I'm like, what? I'm just doing it right. You know, that perfectionism. I'm just, I'm just doing it right. I'm just getting it clean, but I'm so way past that now. (laughs) I just wonder how many who are listening to this, like feel that same way that I don't like cleaning my house or, you know, helping others clean because I can't do it perfect. And so I'd rather just not do it at all. I just want to be okay. You're seen. It doesn't have to be perfect. If it's more about confronting your personal thinking errors. (laughs) (laughs) So right around this time in the essay, she talks about kind of moral questions that come around housework, which was really interesting. If we're putting down housework and saying it's kind of the lowest of the low and not really worth anyone's time, and that's why housewives do it and women do it. And what if, and then I go to work and then I hire someone to clean my house. What is that saying? Is that just passing that on that I'm better and I don't have to clean my house? So I just thought that was a really interesting argument. I I do have thoughts about it, but I'm curious what, what you thought about that. What I thought about that was, well, no wonder why we have this like imbalanced society. (laughs) If women are doing this work that everybody sees as inferior, yeah, then of course they're going to see women as inferior, right? Like that makes sense of course that doesn't make me feel good but it makes sense and it made me mad I love it when I can pay somebody else to clean my house I love them and I so appreciate that somebody else likes doing the thing that I don't like doing and I am very happy to give them my money to clean my house because I don't want to do it because I don't have time to do it because I'm putting my time and efforts into something else. And not that that something else is higher, but it's just the something else that you're choosing to spend your time on. Something else that's, yeah, it's just the something else that's more aligned with my talents and, and my interests and just other ways to, I guess, fulfill my purpose and what I'm interested in doing. Other people like cleaning houses. They've built businesses. They provide for their families on housework. And I would love to see a whole perspective shift where there's there's not a a vertical hierarchy, right? This is what I'm doing. Because when I have a house cleaner come and clean my house, then that frees up more time for me to do other things that contribute to society. And they are contributing to my personal society of my house, of things that do have to get done. And if I'm not outsourcing it, then I'm doing it myself, which means that I'm not doing other things. Yeah. And I had a different way of seeing it, I guess, or you could say it's a disagreement with her, but I think 
that when you pay someone to do your housework, you are elevating the housework right then. Oh, <laughs> yes. I totally because agree with you. you. I'm really glad you said that. Them to do that. So she worried, okay, because she was an intellectual. She was like a historian and she wrote books and she, you know, did all this kind of stuff. And she was worried that if she paid someone to do her housework, that she was doing the same thing to them that had been done to her by men. And I say, no, the difference is you're paying them. <laughs> right. Because that's because she's still looking at it in this hierarchical vertical yeah, she's kind still of way. Looking at right? it that way. Yeah. When we're paying somebody else to do it, then we are actually showing that it is valuable, that it is needed, that we want it to be done, that there is so much value in this work. I just happen to not be the person that wants to do it. Just like I can't fix my own car, but I know that my car is valuable. So I'm going to take it to a mechanic. I actually, true confession here, have never hired a house cleaner. And I really want to. I I work for a company (laughs) that pays for us to hire house cleaners. Oh, (laughs) wow. That would be so nice. I've wanted to, but I have other hangups of just like the money. I would just rather spend that money somewhere else, even though, yeah, it would free up my time, but my time's really not an issue right now as much. So I just live with a little dirtier house and keep my money to spend where I want to spend it. (laughs) Sometimes think of it as paying myself. I'm going to go buy this outfit or this shirt that I would have spent to have somebody clean my house, but instead I'm going to go buy that shirt. So I kind of feel like I'm paying myself to clean my own toilet. Totally fair. <laughs> totally fair. Yeah. See how my brain works. It's a little convoluted, but <laughs> no, I think that actually is a perfect example of showing how much you value yourself in the housework specifically that you're doing. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> Talked about President Oaks's for good, better, best, which at the time I liked that talk, but now I really don't like that talk because it leans into my perfectionism. Sometimes that leans into the whole housework thing, right? That housework is just good, but it's not better and it's not best. Right. Well, that's the thing is I just think that's not fair. You know, and I mean, obviously, yes, we live in a world where that's what it says, but I just don't think that's fair. Yeah, I agree with you. She said, this might lead church members to consider housework as never belonging in President Oaks's best category. Seeing housework as a substandard way to spend time leads to real quandaries. And Mm -hmm. others may decline to help because they view it as a loss, as not worthy of a way to spend their time. Bitterness can flourish in such an atmosphere. Then to know some of Kate Holbrook's backstory, her husband was also an intellectual and wrote books and did basically kind of the same job as she did, but he refused to help with the housework and he saw it as beneath him. And they had a real struggle between them. And that's why she probably calls this a crucible (laughs) and the doctrine of housework. Now she had eye cancer that eventually took her life, but She said that that eye cancer really was an opportunity. Again, it's just a choice. You can take it any way you want, but was an opportunity for her husband to step up and help with the housework and not see. And I've heard a podcast talking about it. And he was like, I really had to repent, which repentance is changing what you think, right? And 
going down the whole model, but he's like, I really had to see that giving the kids a bath, doing the laundry was just as valuable as me writing a book or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. She has this whole section of on forgiveness and um, talks about, you know, then that negotiation that can create conflict and it creates frequent moments that call for forgiveness. And I think that's the part where I thought about fighting with my son to do the dish. And not just him, any of my kids that want to resist doing their chores is always an opportunity for me to forgive them. Because my immediate thought is, you're so ungrateful. You're so <laughs> you're whatever, so, right? Yeah. You're so, <laughs> which is like, hey opportunity for me to forgive them for being so something that's another way that it's a doctrine forgiving yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely and I mean what if it's like forgiving the housework in general I just feel so resentful of you know the things that are just things like when we're doing the dishes and stuff and like ah to unload let's unload the dishes I've got to do this laundry again but when we get our hair cut, we're not like, oh, we have to cut our hair again. Like our hair grew, you know, <laughs> we're not like oh, mad dear. at it because it's yeah. just part of this world, right? We're just like, oh, it's time for a haircut. So mm -hmm. yeah, there's some resentment just for <laughs> this, this fallen world that needs to be cleaned and taken care of every single day. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, really when she's talking about her husband and watching him write books, he was a doctor researcher. And, and it's actually so sweet to me that she says, I, I like to watch him write because I think about all of the extra insights that will go into the world. And that's like, Oh, that's so nice that she appreciates him and can see like what good work he's doing. But then she says, and then I think about all the work that will not go into the world because of the housework that I'm doing. And that was the part I said at the beginning where some of this chapter made me really mad. <laughs> it was kind of infuriating. Like, what about all the work, all the ideas that I have that I'm not doing because I'm putting so much time and energy into rearing kids and doing housework? Yeah. That's where I need to work on forgiveness and letting go of resentment and also just trusting in the Lord that the work that I need to do will happen in the time that it needs to happen. I think sometimes we, we get caught up in timing and the Lord knew that I was coming into the kind of world that I was coming into as a woman and all of the nuances and intricacies of, of that. And I think that this forgiveness piece is so important to remember that I I don't have to know everything and it's okay. The work that I need to do is going to get done in the time that it needs to get done. I think ownership is a big part of it. Owning your choice either way. If you choose to get resentful about it, it's okay. That's okay. Sometimes you can just be mad about it, but also owning that I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do the dishes again one more time that yeah. I want a clean house or I like order and that just always keeping that agency of I don't have to do this I can live in filth if I want to but I'm choosing yeah. to clean the house so the last section she has is on gratitude I love that she says we understand as Latter-day Saints that everything that is physical is spiritual hmm. just those words alone is I have all these f physical labors to do if I could focus on the gratitude in that, if these physical labors are also spiritual, then what a blessing 
it is for me that I'm growing my spirit in this repetitive, mundane actions. And I just wonder like how much more I can grow when I remember that. So another part that I really liked about was we seek out personal revelation for things that are important to us. Mm-hmm. But if we're constantly begrudging housework and constantly seeing it as something less than, then we're not going to pray about it. We're not going to seek revelation on how to make it easier or what can I do differently? Or maybe how can I help my kids to do their chores? <laughs> right. right. Or or how can I make the division of labor better between me and my spouse? How can I let go of resentment for the housework? All of these questions that we do not even think about asking because we're so focused in this victim mentality. I have to do all the housework and that's just it. We just get stuck in this victim mentality. But if we can bring gratitude into it, then that opens the door for us to seek revelation on how to make it better secret revelation on what is really important. How can I make this less burdensome? Which leads me to something I need to say. I I mentioned that we've been married 28 years and I have to say that my husband is amazing at housework. Honestly, he does more than I do. (laughs) He has a full-time job and he has callings and he has all this stuff. And I think it kind of happened when I went back to school and it kind of became a necessity. And now I'm trying to come back and take up some more of the responsibilities back. But that's just also a testament to how you can make your household more of a partnership. I remember us being in a, a marriage counseling session way back when we were a lot younger and both of us being in the victim mentality of it's not fair and this and that and the housework. And I remember the counselor saying to me, it's not his work and it's not your work. It's the work. Mm -hmm. It is everybody's work. And it's just how you divide that up or how you get that done doesn't really matter, but it's everybody's work. And it's really important to highlight that when a husband comes home and does the dishes, he's not helping his wife do the dishes right? Mm -hmm. It's not her job to do the dishes. He's just doing the dishes. I hope I've taught that to my boys that to see it as the work instead of her work or his work. So I'm not men bashing or husband bashing in any way, but also look what we created and what we've done over all of this time, making it work in a household. And it's not perfect, but it works for Mm -hmm. us. I was just thinking you can even see more of what others do when you are focused on, on gratitude versus when you're focused on on yourself and being a victim to it. I notice the change in myself so much when I'm like, instead of who didn't unload the dishwasher, it's who unloaded the dishwasher? Thank you. Who folded the clothes? Thank you. Consciously trying to see that and point it out, you know? And even sometimes yeah. we're thanking ourselves. Thank you for unloading the dishwasher and folding the clothes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fostering gratitude, having the ability to do the work brings us closer to God. There's so many ways in which having gratitude for the housework is going to increase your spirituality and bring you closer to the Lord. And it's back to that word you used, which was lab and experiment. You're going to do what works for you and your family and everybody's family is going to look a little different because we all have different lives and different things. And that's why there isn't one right perfectionistic way to do it. 
you get mm-hmm. to play with that and experiment with that and see what works for you and then own it. I have a friend who has a professional job and she's like, I'd rather work extra and have someone clean my house. Well, and then just bringing this back again to the very beginning with Mary, Martha and Jesus. Housework is important to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And even if it's only because it's important to you, it's important yeah. to him. So we don't have to feel weird about praying about it, about seeking his help. Asking for help from him, from those we live with, from even other women sometimes, not necessarily saying, come over and clean my house, but what's your tips on doing this? Or how do you do that? Or even just being super, super gracious when you go over to somebody's house and they want to apologize and you'd be like, no, you live here. It's amazing. I love your house, right? Yes. Yes. Showing love and and gratitude just for them. Well, Brianna, this was a great... Topic. Yeah, everybody remind, needs to read this book. <laughs> yes. But remind people again where they can find you. Both your podcasts are excellent. Yeah. You have a really good one lately by both of our mentors, Brooke Snow, that they could seek out to listen to. But if you want to just tell them where to find you. Yeah. So that one's on the Perspective Detective podcast. The best way to find me is Instagram, Sabrina Perspective Detective. Thanks so much, Sabrina. All right. Thanks, Becky. Have you been sitting on the fence about coaching, curious about it, wanting to try it, but not sure if it's worth your time or money? Well, this month is the perfect time to try it out. I have a Black Friday deal for you where you're going to get Marco Polo coaching, where you have access to me on your time that fits into your busy schedule with an added bonus of two Zoom calls in the month where you get real-time coaching from me. And all of this is for the price of one coaching session that I normally charge. You're gonna get an entire month of coaching for the price of one session. So send me an email, send me a DM, and let's get started.